0: Yeah. New WCW smash and Slam
1: wrestlers. What you gonna do, brother? New WWF figures got the power. Dad is my turn It's only been ten minutes. It's been four hours. What's up with that? Oh my
0: God!
1: Hey yo. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 16 of the WrestleGeddon Podcast. We are your dynamic duo of podcastery, if that's even a word. I am Chris the Heat Matthews, and joined with me, Garrett G. Money Munn.
0: What's going on, me? How we doing? Doing alright? Hope I sound better this week. Hopefully. I'm going to try and get closer to the mic, talk a little louder, so you guys can... uh, Hear my take on wrestling this week. We got a lot to talk about.
1: Or you can just say, fuck this shit. Woo, 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 woo. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) If you have not checked out any of these superhuman videos on YouTube, you should... (laughs) It's freaking hilarious. Dude is a fucking moron. Dude's a moron. (laughs) Anybody that jumps... Does a coffin drop pretty much onto a barbed wire table or chairs, or whatever it was, is a fucking dumbass.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: man. But, uh, yeah, so let's get into it. So, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on whatever app you listen to us on. Uh, like us on Instagram at Instagram.com slash Pod. And also feel free to email any questions, comments, or concerns to RussellGeddon at gmail.com. Chances are, we'll probably send you back a fuck you and... Tell you to suck it, but so. you can send those messages anyway. <laughs> you can send them anyway. But in all the reels, any constructive criticism will be taken to heart and considered. So Absolutely. there we go. So let's get into the news. Well, hotline fans, I have got a hotline rumor for you. The
0: number, what's the number? Let me call the number.
1: In the hosters hotline. You may do so by dialing one nine hundred forty-five one four. All right. So, what we got going on? New Japan has announced a new new U.S. subsidiary, New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. Huge news for New Japan. Absolutely huge, huge news. Mm-hmm. And I think that may have to do with the stem with um with the U.S. title because it rarely gets defended. Especially outside of Japan and it's only like they're only over here like once or twice a year doing shows from New Japan anyway So hopefully this will uh Make some bigger changes for that US title So pretty pretty awesome stuff there from New Japan Um, Joey Ryan has signed a multi-year deal with impact wrestling Um, He did just appear at the Bound for glory pay-per-view So that's pretty cool big news for Joey Ryan, so Great to see that and Tessa Blanchard sticking with Impact News, um, apparently, her contract is up. It um, was first reported by Busted Open uh, earlier today, Thursday. So, let's see, it's kind of interesting to see where she's going to land. Who do you think is going to benefit the most with having Tessa on their roster?
0: Um, I think with the overall women's division and, like, WWE-NXT, I think she would have better matches there. Um, I mean, one of my probably big gripes with AEW is I don't feel like their women's division is that, not necessarily not, like, great, but, like, there's not a whole lot of them, I don't feel like, and I feel like the few that they have are really good, but they don't have, I don't think the high, does the... The as many and as high quality as WWE slash NXT, whichever one you want to put her on. Honestly, I think she'd benefit really well on NXT, with anyone on that roster.
1: I think AEW would benefit tremendously from her star power, um, especially the name. And Tully is already part of AEW anyway, as Sean Spears' manager. Correct. So we could technically we could in reality see Tessa Blanchard show up on AEW. Um Like, we have yet to see, you know, some of the bigger names on the weekly TV show, like Awesome Kong, um, and some, like, a couple other ones, but, like, especially um Asia Kong.
0: Asia Kong, yeah. You
1: know, they had they're building up this whole thing with Asia Kong and Awesome Kong. We have yet to see either one of them on the weekly TV series like, we've had a couple weeks in a row where we've seen Britt Baker, which is great, and I think, you know, Britt Baker should be the face of AEW's women's division to begin with. Correct, but you need someone to stand against her, and Tessa could do that. I mean, the only other top heel that they have right now is Brandy, and Brandy hasn't even wrestled. All she did this week was jump uh, Jamie Hayter after after the match, though. So. But um, like you said, NXT too could benefit from her as well. You know, some great matches. Tessa could come in as a face, and we can see her go against Shayna. Or even Rhea Ripley or Bianca Belair. There's a lot of people in there that Tesla would have great matches with. Yep. But I think AEW would benefit more for the star power. mm mm-hmm. so, I agree with that. So that's uh, pretty much the news for this week, regular news. Uh, figure news. The uh, target recall glitch that everybody's been up in arms about the last couple weeks um, apparently has been fixed. So you are able to purchase your Elite's from Target without any issues now. There may be some issues. Um, I guess Sonya, Son- uh, Sonya or Lib one of the two wasn't scanning in the system still, um, but that may have been fixed as well with the recall glitch, but who knows? Um, also, Elite 71 has been hitting Target as well. Um, as a matter of fact, our local store just got Elite 71 in today. Um, the exclusives for that set is Page and Cassius Ono, and I happen to have right here, Cassius oh no, so we are going to unbox Cassius on this episode. And we're gonna do that now. Oh Shucky Ducky. Oh baby. Oh baby. Really what we should be saying is, oh, oh, no. oh, oh no.
0: Oh no. Oh
1: no. So here we go. Yes. I already pre-cut the tape, so we got
0: be pre- we got be prepared. Bam.
1: So already right out the gate. Um, he's got the cloth, cloth robe. Which he's got, great. which is freaking amazing. Oh yeah. Uh, face sculpt on this is phenomenal, Absolutely. and that robe is. is easy to get off too. So that is amazing. Knockout artist on the back. Knockout artist on the front. Oh my god, this is awesome. He's got the rubber shirt, um, which is connected. It doesn't look like it's removable, which is good because it shouldn't be. Got the KO knee pads and just the regular knee pad. Yellow and black. God, that face scan is amazing.
0: That, that, yeah, absolutely. That face scan is really good.
1: That is one beautiful figure. And, of course, he's got the extra set of hands, which are closed fist. Um, a lot of people complain about the extra set of hands. They're like, oh, if we we'll sense, make such and include it in there, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry, more hands, the better, because honestly, you can use them with other figures.
0: It also has his name on the the bottom of the boots, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, Ono on one side and Cassius on the other.
1: Well, it's like Hawkins and Ryder say, you know, he is an NXT, and Bill McKenna does love himself some NXT guys, so, uh, yeah, no expenses were spared in the deco for Cassius Ono.
0: Agreed on that.
1: And which, unfortunately, may end up being his only figure. Um, Which sucks. Which sucks, but I mean, if this is gonna be his only figure, at least it's a good it, figure. It, it's a phenomenal figure, oh, yeah. So. so yeah. So Elite seventy-one is hitting now. Like I said, Paige and Ono are the exclusives. Um, Elite seventy-one also has an amazing Adam Cole um, with the Adam Cole Bebe fingers and the um, North American title. So that is gonna be awesome and throwback. Big show, and a couple of and the uh, Jeff Hardy with the three head scans with the three different face paints. So. Amazing set on that one, man. This owner was awesome.
0: Yeah, this is a really good figure.
1: Oh, this is gonna look so good on my shelf, <laughs> which I'm still redoing.
0: No. Oh. oh, I'm sure you are. <laughs> May figures as you have and the space you gotta organize that all the time when you get figures.
1: Oh, nice. Okay. Alright, so we're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to get into the recaps of Raw, SmackDown, AEW, NXT. We've got some Impact Bound for Glory action to talk about. Whole lots of fun stuff. So stay tuned. We shall be What's up, everyone? This is Chris the Heat Matthews, the host of the Wrestlegeddon Podcast. And I want to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast and they give you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app. Or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And we are back. So let's dive into SmackDown. Um, since the move to Fox, it's been pretty lackluster. it's only been what like three weeks now? Three weeks. Three weeks. It's like we got one of the biggest things that come out of it was you know Nikki Cross is the new number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship, so she'll be taking on Bayley at some point. Um, Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin or King Corbin. Apparently that looks like that's going to become a thing now. Um, And the biggest disappointment, or, you know, the (laughs) um, shit writing, I should say, Chad Gable, who is being introduced as Shorty Gable, is now Shorty G. Which we all saw it coming, because we saw that WWE had trademarked Shorty G a while ago. So, yeah. Shorty G. Shorty G. So disappointing. And like you wonder why other programming, like AEW and things like that, are picking up more viewers. It's because we have shit writing for Raw and SmackDown. NXT seems to be the superior product when it comes to WWE as far as matches and writing and things like that mainly because Vince has no hand in it and I don't think any of the networks have any any pull with NXT as well and I think that's the other thing that's making SmackDown suffer is um, the executives from Fox trying to make it more of a, a sports show than a sports entertainment show your thoughts on that.
0: No, I mean I definitely agree. I, I feel like um, I felt like that's definitely true with Fox. Um, I mean I I think too I think Triple H makes NXT flow better because he's the one who's basically overseeing it and doing all the you know ins and outs stuff and it shows that he obviously has the better creative path than Vince does. And Vince is just way out of it, and he just needs to retire and let Triple H take care of all of it. But it's neither here or there, and that man's never going to retire until he's dead. So what just have to deal with it until then.
1: But uh, Raw was a little bit better, um, mainly because you have Heyman in control of Raw. So you do have some guys that Heyman's a little higher on um, than others that seem to be getting a little bit more um, TV time. But we've got the return of Drew McIntyre. Who was announced as the next member of Team Flair? I think he's the final member of Team Flair.
0: Correct, last member. Um,
1: so he uh, took on Ricochet, which was a phenomenal matchup um, between the two of them. So it's pretty much what you'd expect, you know, the fast-paced style of Ricochet taking on the hard-hitting style of Drew McIntyre. So lots of hits, lots of flips, lots of fun stuff. Um, I'm probably not the only one that's really bored with Aleister Bellax. I'm sitting in the dark room, come pick a fight with me, bullshit. Um and what I'm trying to understand is why the jobber that he was wrestling got in as much offense as he did. Like if you're trying to build up black and trying to make him, you know, make people care about him, why is the jobber getting offense in? Yeah. It should have uh, been a quick black mask
0: and black mask and 10, 1, 2, 3, done. Next.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. That and, uh, when is AOP going to wrestle?
0: I I guess never. They're showing them with all these video packages of trying to build them up as this superhuman tag team, and then another week goes by and they still aren't on TV. Still not wrestling. Yep. Which is what we want.
1: I think they're probably waiting for Viking Raiders to run through everybody and just be like, you know, we've beaten everybody who we got, who's next. Because that's pretty much what it's going to boil down to is it's going to be AOP and the Viking Raiders.
0: Which is going to be a phenomenal match and we're ready for it.
1: And it's probably not going to happen until Survivor Series.
0: Mm, probably. Yeah.
1: But what needs to end is this bullshit crap with Lana, Lashley, and Rusev. Bullshit. hey okay. Why? Like, is this because of USA's Temptation Island?
0: That I That we get- have to get this?
1: <laughs> like... <laughs> Because honestly, that's like on, like the replays on it are on after Raw. Yep. And then, like, it's, I don't even know what day it comes on to begin with, but I know they do replays after Raw. So, like, are we, is this USA's way of trying to tie story, like make them to tie a storyline into their programming? Because that's basically what it is. And it's horseshit. And I'm tired of seeing it. I'd rather see the Katie Vick angle again. So yeah, that's right. I'd rather see Triple H dressed as Kane pretend to, Fuck a corpse in a
0: coffin, <laughs>
1: than watch this bullshit. So, <laughs> but from that sour note to a better note, we had Andrade take on the returning Sin Cara, which very excited to see Sin Cara back. He's a very underutilized and very underrated talent, and that match with Andrade was just phenomenal. Like it was it was really good. Like there were three really good matches on Raw, and it was. Drew McIntyre, Ricochet, Andrade, and Sakara, and Rollins versus Umberto. So, yeah, but um, it was it was a good match, and it was really good right up to the point. Even with uh, you know, of course, Selena Vega interfered and cost Car the match. But you know, it was good back and forth action between the two of them. You know, they've wrestled before on SmackDown, and but that was a while ago when like they were crediting, um. Andrade for being the one that put Sankara out for as like the six, seven months that he's been out for. So but it was cool to see Sankara back. Um R Truth in <laughs> the twenty four seven title. Um the Bollywood boys. Like are they co champions or is it just one? I, I don't even know they're on the raw. Yeah, me either. <laughs>
0: apparently they just come in, grab the titles from our truth and call it a day.
1: My thing is, is um, are they, is it just going to be on Raw, or are we going to see it? Since they are they are technically on the two hundred five live roster, are they going to? Is that going to carry over to two hundred five this week? What's going to happen with that? Is Is truth going to pretend to be a cruiserweight and try to pin one of the Bollywood boys to get his title back? Um, which we did see him pin, um, try to pin one of them, but he pinned the wrong one. Um, I can't remember their names honestly. I know one. On Samir and. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, so he did try to pin him, and he's like, "I knew it. There was two of them." <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Lord! Then we move into that, and another downer is uh, Kane Velasquez. Dude's punches look like shit. So like, he's in the ring, and he's wailing on Shelton. As Shelton, you know, was kind of picking on a you know injured Mysterio. Talking about how you know he's buddies with Lesnar, blah blah blah. And they'll go through like the whole past history of Shelton Benjamin and Brock Lesnar. And Velasquez comes out and just takes Shelton down and just hits him with these really shit-looking punches.
0: I think it's one of those things where like you, you get a you get like a UFC fighter in the ring and you're saying, "Hey, go throw fake punches." They don't know how to throw fake punches. They've only ever known how to throw a real punches, how to actually really hurt and hit somebody, and then you expect them to go out there and not actually do that, eh, doesn't really, I feel like, but it's a of work same, you have to work with.
1: But. In that same aspect, though, Ronda Rousey's punches didn't look like shit when she first started laying in punches, and the same with Shayna. True. But then again, you look at this, I don't know how much training Velasquez has actually had, because I know he's working with Mysterio. But Shayna had a lot more training than Rhonda did to begin with um, on the independency and training with uh, Mercedes Martinez. Um, So she's a little more experienced in that. And the same with um, Jessamyn Duke and Shafir. You know, of course, with them, you know, with uh, Shafir being who's married to Roddy. Is it Duke or Shafir? It's Shafir, right? I think it's Shafir. So, of course, you know, one of them, whichever one, being married to Roddy you know, doesn't hurt them at all either, you know, because, you know, at least they can learn stuff from from their husband. But, like, I, I, don't, I just don't think he's picking it up. Yeah, I agree. So, but, you know, of course they're saying, oh, he's a natural, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I just, that's, that's what they're going to say anyway. Yeah, I just don't see it. But, uh, Rollins versus Umberto, match of the night, hands down. Absolutely. Phenomenal matchup. Lots and lots of amazing action in that match. So Umberto is really going to be like the next big star in WWE if they do things correctly. Correct. Other than that, he could probably fail miserably or you know something will happen and Vince won't be high on him anymore and he'll end up getting pushed back down the card and he'll be regulated to chasing our truth around for the 24-7 title. Yep. Did you see
0: um, Rollins like congratulated him on, I think it was Instagram or Twitter, one of the two? Like saying that the match was really good and basically like a back and forth of how great the match was and how Rollins thinks basically what we think that he's going to be one of the top stars and as long as he keeps the work up and everything,
1: so that'd be interesting to see. Very very interesting. I did not see that though, but mm-hmm. well, that's cool. Um, yeah, Umberto really could be the next great Mysterio. Correct. Um, and honestly, you could say the same thing with Andrade, depending on what they do with him. But I think they're gonna. I think Andrade works better as a heel than he does as a face. And then you have that perfect aspect with Umberto being a good face, face wrestler so far. So, but uh, yeah, Street Profits, about the Street Profits? Street Profits. I'm still, I'm, um, I enjoy the Street Profits in the ring, they're phenomenal talent, I'm just, they just irritate the shit out of me because they're annoying. <laughs> I, it's basically I don't know, but it's basically an amped up version of Crime Time for me, and I love Crime Time. I still love Crime Time. Yep. But the Street Profits to me are like a like Crime Time two so to say. But they are very good in the ring. Phenomenal. Um,
0: phenomenal in the
1: ring. Absolutely. And that match with last uh, Monday Night on Raw with Al- Gallows and Anderson was a great matchup.
0: Absolutely. And they
1: picked up the win. Their debut match on Monday Night Raw. They picked up the win over one of the top tag teams in the world. Yeah, yeah. One one of arguably the best tag teams in the last decade in Gallows and Anderson.
0: Correct. Yeah.
1: Um, props to the Street Profits. Absolutely. So they, they said they wanted that smoke and they got the smoke. They got the smoke. Oh, so, they did indeed. Oh man, that with, was
0: with a little help from KO, but you know a little help, Just a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. And uh, Montez Ford's uh, frog splash. It's very very nice frog splash. It looks. It reminds me a lot of RVD's, like especially from back in like this ECW days. You know, of course, when he was a little younger. Because honestly, RVD doesn't fly high as he used to. But um, uh, Ford definitely gets some height on that frog splash, and that bounce at the end is really the uh, the kicker for that. So pretty awesome. So those Raw was a little was better than SmackDown, honestly, and it has been for the last few weeks. Um, Especially, you know, this is what, the first week we go into, like, the roster set from the draft. Yep. So we're we're starting to see the pieces fall into place. And I think Raw is going to be the standout show going forward. Yeah, I would agree. But uh, speaking of standouts, NWA. NWA power. This is one of the big things I look forward to every week. Just, it's an hour on YouTube. It's fantastic. Like, it's very, like we said it before, it's very old school feel to it. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. The biggest thing with this, why I'm drawn to it so much, is the focus and the emphasis that they put on the actual wrestling over the entertainment aspect of it. Now, you still get a little bit of entertainment, you know, especially with Aaron Stevens' promo this week and last week. Um, And of course,. (laughs) You, you get a little bit of that comedic stuff, we, you know, with Colt Cabana and Josephus, uh, stuff like that. But it's still, when you look at everything all together, it's still the wrestling aspect that's that's showing on there. Yeah. The promos aren't more than like five minutes, if that, and you get a lot of stuff, a lot of action built into the show. Agreed. Um, like this week, we opened with a with a promo from um, Eddie Kingston um, with him and Homicide. Uh, Basically challenging the Dawsons, from what they did the week before when the Dawsons, you know, pretty much cleaned house in that tag match. So that promo from Kingston was fire. Like he was going in on the Dawsons. So, but um, Dawson's fired back a little later, saying, you know, they'll take on anyone in the back, except Homicide and Kingston. Um, But uh, first match of the night, saw Marty Bell take on Crystal Rose, and of course Marty Bell went over Crystal Rose. Uh, Marty Bell was in the May Gun Classic. She was also a former member of the Impact roster. Uh, She has a phenomenal talent and looking forward to seeing her do some more in NWA. Uh, We had a freaking hilarious Aaron Stevens promo. Uh, Mr. Captain Morgan. (laughs) Even though he denied it. What was it, like Tropical Pirates? Tropical Pirates. Pirates of the Tropics or something. The end end shot was just a toy boat sitting in a... (laughs) And water, water, <laughs> fucking great. Oh, oh man! man. Uh, North Carolina's own Caleb Connolly. I'm um, going over Dan Parker, which was a pretty good matchup. Caleb Conley is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, then we get a segment with Josephus,
0: <laughs> which perfect name, by the way. Whoever thought of Josephus? Josephus.
1: Kudos to you, man.
0: Kudos to
1: you. Uh, apparently, he wants to apologize to James Storm for his actions. So Colt Cabana came out mocking Storm. Um, Josephus ended up blinding um, Colt Cabana and you know taking it into the ring where he's about to finish him off and you know Storm hits the ring and super kicks Josephus and Anderson makes a save on, on Colt and getting him out of the ring before he got kicked also. So, so kind of interesting stuff there and a little fun stuff you know from Colt Cabana and Josephus and then it was cool to see James Storm hit the ring again. Uh, We had the Dolphins over Eli Drake and Tim Storm. This was the main event of the show. Um, There was a promo earlier in the night with Eli Drake talking about, um, or no, it was Tim Storm. Tim Storm was doing a promo, and Eli had come out and asked him if he wanted to be his tag partner, so we were unsure what was going to happen. But uh, Tim Storm actually did come out and tag with Eli. Uh, After the match, we
0: have to thank Mama Storm for that.
1: Always have to thank Mama Storm, you can't, Always. You can't Always go can. anywhere without thinking Mama Storm. About Mama Storm. <laughs> so, uh, Prince, of course, the, the Dawson's won over Eli Drake and Tim Storm, but the Dawson's beat Storm down um, after the match, uh, which had Homicide and Kingston come out to make the save and chase off the Dawson's. Um, Aldis, Nick Aldis, of course, NWA World Champion, hit the ring to check on Storm. The entire time he was staring down Eli Drake, who during the whole beatdown, Eli was had been taken out earlier in the match and he was on the outside of the ring, so he just came came around after Kingston and Homosaw were able to make the save. Um AW Dark. I didn't get a chance to watch AW Dark, so I just uh, got quick results for that. So. Yeah. Uh
0: the only other thing I was gonna add with NWA power was uh the the Albus um I don't know the the announcer guy that that does all the, oh, the, the interviews uh, with him. The white guy. I'm like, why the fuck does he need to know about Camilla? Just leave her
1: alone. Let her talk when she wants to talk. We just look at. Her. That's all we need. I think he's got an obsession with her and wants to know what the deal is. He's <laughs> kind of a creepy little bastard. Creep. honestly. C F
0: B C F B. let's
1: see. A W Dark. We had uh, Joey Janella uh, going over Brandon Cutler. Uh, Nyla, 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 Nyla Rose over Leva Bates, um, Cody, Dustin, and the Bucks over Private Party, Private Party, Chima, and T-Hawk. You know, I'm assuming that last match was pretty good, but I, like I said, I didn't get a chance to watch that. Um, but AEW's main show was, again, an amazing show. Like, Wednesday nights really is something to look forward to between AEW and NXT. Like, these guys are trying to bring the thunder between the two of them. And, um, you know, AEW has been pulling out the the wins over the ratings the last couple weeks. Actually, since their debut. So, what, are we like a month in now?
0: Yeah, it's week four, right? Week three? Yeah. Three or four? So, yeah, we about a month in.
1: Oh, right? uh, yeah, actually... As we're recording this now, the uh, results have just popped in for AEW for the ratings. Uh, da, 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 da. We had AEW taking the top spot again over NXT. Um, they did slip to 963,000 viewers, while NXT fell to 698,000. Um, AEW is number four in the 18-49 demographic, while NXT was down in the number 21 spot. Um, week over week, a Dynamite was down 5%, NXT was down 2% overall for the ratings. But, of course, you're facing heavy competition. Um, there's a couple NBA games this week, and then you have the World Series going on as well. So, uh, actually, the World Series was watched by almost 12 million people, and it was directly head-to-head, head-to-head against both NXT and AEW. So that was um,
0: you know, playing lot a lot on. of things.
1: A lot of wrestling fans do watch other sports as well. And, you know, baseball is one of them. So, here we go. Uh, what else? AEW this week. AEW this week. Uh, Lucha Bros taking a Private Party in the next round of the tag team tournament. Uh, of course, the Lucha Bros went over Private Party. And as soon as the Lucha Brothers win, I was very certain that SCU was going to go over the dork order. Yes, you heard me correctly. I said dark order. Stupid gimmick. Like I, I just I don't understand the dark order. It's it's weird. it
0: um, is. It's weird.
1: Got a guy coming out in like an SM mask and like who knows what the other what the hell the other guy's doing. And then they got all these like four little dudes running around with an S M mask making chairs for the fat guy to sit in. God, it's just stupid. <laughs> Thankfully, SCU dispatched them and they move on to the the finals to take on the Lucha Bros, which was pretty much set up last week with the Lucha Brothers taking out Christopher Daniels. Correct. So they're trying to get that edge um, over SCU by taking out one of the uh, most experienced members of the team, forcing uh, Scorpio Sky to join the match, who's the least experienced, but
0: but doesn't look like it in the ring. <laughs> it doesn't look like that,
1: especially <laughs> last week when he tore the house down in you know jeans and sneakers. So. <laughs> So Scorpio oh, guys, a dude, man. Too. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Uh let's see. So next week, we're gonna get the Lucha Brothers versus SCU for the AEW tag team titles, which the winners will be presented the titles by the Rock and Roll Express. Wow. So spoil spoiler alert: the current NWA tag team champions will be presenting the new. AEW tag team titles to the first ever AEW tag team champions.
0: Awesome.
1: Pretty awesome. So Hopefully they'll come out there rocking the NWA tag title belts. That'd be freaking awesome too. It would be. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. We had a Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela, which was just a standard sanctioned match. So this was not a lights out unsanctioned match like they had on AEW Dark last week. And of course, Omega still went over Joey. Um, Omega is just phenomenal in the ring.
0: Absolutely. I mean, there's there's tiers of wrestlers. Top tier, Omega. He stands above the rest.
1: Like, I've never seen him botch anything in the ring. No. He hits, like, every move has a reason, has a purpose. Like, everything is done so, like, his timing is so precise. Like, I really don't think that I have seen something like this. Since honestly, like Jake the Snake Roberts or Raven, guys like that who were, you know, so meticulous and particular, even Savage, like how particular they were with how the match was played out and like Mm -hmm. when to do certain moves and things like that. So, Omega is pretty much in that tier of like your Savages, your Ravens, your Jake the Snake Roberts, like those guys. So, like, I'm really looking forward to seeing more from Omega and AEW. Like he's already like a huge star. But yep. The cool part, one of my favorite things, which was also was one of my biggest letdowns, you had the brawl between the inner circle, um, Cody, Dustin, MJF, and a surprise appearance by DDP. I was kind of hoping this was going to turn into an eight-man tag match. Yeah, I, mean. I agree. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. Um, they just kind of brawled a little bit around the arena. Um, it was freaking hilarious though, because like they kept interrupting Cody's um, in-ring promo, and like they all started coming up the, the, the steps, and Jericho's like, "Don't you take another step? Not one step!" Then end up locking themselves into the the freaking um, skybox, and then Cody takes MJF's scarf and punches the window, and then like the brawl ensues. But the best thing to come out of this was Jim Ross. <laughs> His, Cody is burying Jericho's face inside a thing of dipping Dots. Jim Ross out of nowhere. My god! They're destroying the dipping Dots! <laughs> <laughs> that Jesus. was freaking awesome. Freaking like, Jim Ross. Jim Man. Ross, like, I love Jim Ross, but like, he's so out of touch with the commentary for AEW, because like, Yo, know, he's familiar with the with the wrestlers and you know things like that, but it's just like it's not his style anymore. So that's yeah, that's what it is. Agreed. But to have him just come out of nowhere, my God, they're destroying the Dipping Dots, was just freaking hilarious. Oh, that was great. <laughs> oh man, um, what else happened? We had the Young Bucks go over the Best Friends, uh, which had one of the other highlights of the night with Orange Cassidy hitting the ring. Uh, during the Young Bucks entrance and uh, you know, just was not impressed as he hit the uh super slow kick on uh both both Bucks and they ended up super kicking him for his efforts. So But it was uh, it was pretty entertaining. I love Orange Cassidy. I'm really hoping he gets in the ring um yeah. on one of these editions, just so we can uh, witness his amazing sloth style. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Uh, so we have Britt Baker go over Jamie Hayter, um, who is a tag team partner apparently of Bree Pier- Bree Priestley, B Priestley, not Bree, um, in Japan. So that was cool. That was pretty cool. They had, that was a great matchup as well. Uh, Britt Baker, like I said earlier, really needs to be the the face of Impact's women's division. Um, of course, after the match, um, Hayter was backstage and she was attacked by Brandy uh main event saw moxley and Pac go to a time limit draw um that was a pretty brutal matchup between the two of them um I mean, there's really not much you can say about it it's, it's what you would expect between moxley and pock you want to hit them with some highlights from nxt since i think promotional consideration paid for by the following I'm Tony Falk from Paducah, Kentucky. I've been in the wrestling business for over 40 years. You may know me. I'm the one that taught Shawn Michaels how to speak Kizom. So back in the day when I used to
0: travel down the road in my old Delta 88 Oldsmobile, I became fond of two things, waffles and tire arms. So that's why I decided to open my own store, Tony, Falks, Tony Falk waffles, waffles, and tire waffles and Tire Arms. arms. Tire arms. Tire arms we paint all of our tires solid gold. Go, 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 go. And our waffles offer only the best of organic and gluten-free ingredients. So when you're in Paducah, <laughs> stop by, tell,
1: tell Uncle, Uncle Tony you. All right, and we are back. So, let's finish off this top 20 scariest wrestlers list. G-Money, hit him with that recap.
0: All right, recap. Alright we had at number 20 we had Leatherface, 19 we had Waylon Mercy, 18 Kamala, 17 Damian Demento, 16 Freddy Cougar, 15 Nails, 14 Doink the Clown, 13 Gangrel, 12 we had The Original Sheik, 11 Oxbaker, 10 The Boogeyman, 9 Kevin Sullivan, 8 Vincent
1: Marcella (laughs) Marcella
0: I'm bad with names seven we had Papa Shango and six we had Abdullah the butcher
1: all right so we do have a few honorable mentions Um, some guys that were that were pretty scary but not scary enough to make the main list Um, number one for honorable mentions is Relic uh, who's the former Johnny the Bull Stamboli from you know WCW WWE Um, Basically, after WWE hit the independent scene and reinvented himself uh, pretty much as a walking horror movie. So, he debuted the new look, of course, on the independents as Red Rum. Of course, murder spelled backwards. And picked up in Impact as Relic, which is killer spelled backwards. Um, it was an amazing gimmick that could have been much bigger than what it was. Um, unfortunately, the writers at the time for Impact didn't really know what to do with them. And that's the, the downside with that. Uh, we have the next honorable mention, the Kiss Demon, Dale Torborg. Um, this was modeled after, of course, Gene Simmons' demon persona from Kiss. Uh, made his entrance pretty much from a coffin-like structure and would spit blood uh, through his entrance, uh, during his entrance. So, uh, unfortunately, it didn't take off as well should have. Um, he did have a pretty notable feud with Vampiro Um, During the last run of WCW and figures toy company did put out a very awesome figure based upon this this look so It was a pretty sick figure Um, And finally for honorable mentions the monster abyss Um, Of course impact superstar who now currently works for WWE as a producer dude was sick and twisted Um, we're talking about somebody that would carry would always have a bag of thumbtacks around ringside um, especially during um like the infamous monsters ball matches which were pretty much designed for him um he had a barbed wire 2x4 named Janice uh this yeah I remember Janice uh an amazing character oh yeah um, that I think have done pretty much was impacts Undertaker game correct combination mankind yeah. like the three of them balled into one character and that's you have with this yeah Which, terrible, terrible character as a heel, phenomenal character, or terrible character as a face, sorry, amazing character as a heel. Correct. So, let's jump in to the remaining five of the top 20 scariest wrestlers of all time. So, number five, Vampiro. Vampiro, one of my favorite wrestlers. Back in well, WCW. a lot of
0: people's so. favorite wrestlers.
1: Um, pretty much, Vampiro honed his skills in Japan and Mexico uh, before debuting in WCW in '98. Um, he was pretty much a mainstay through the remainder of WCW. Um, one of the few guys that actually didn't jump over to WWE after the buyout. Uh, teamed with you know the likes of Raven, the Great Muda, you know formed a stable with the Insane Clown Posse. Um, with Great Muda, Muda as well, known as the Dark Carnival. Also had one with Raven and ICP as the blood pool or the Deadpool, uh, which didn't last very long. Um, Team with Sting for a little bit, um, split up with Sting, um, and had probably one of his nos- most notable and horrific feuds with Sting, which culminated with him setting Sting on fire in what was called a Human Torch match. Manpiro was one sick motherfucker. Didn't he do commentary on Lucha Underground? He did do commentary on Lucha Underground, and he had that very sick and badass match with Pentagon. Oh yeah, on the first. I remember that. Um, first, was first season, right? Yeah, the first season, the first season, of Ultima Lucha.
0: Oh yeah. Oh. So, I remember that. That was great. Yeah. Oh that yeah. Was, that was
1: awesome. So, you know, um, number four. Some people may be a little upset about number four. I'm sure they will be. Um, but this is this is my list, so I'll put them where this I want. Is- yeah. Well, marvelous. But. Yeah. Uh Undertaker, number four. Uh, he's actually arguably one of the most popular superstars to date to mix supernatural and horror elements into his character, um, and one of the most successful in doing that. Um, from that first unmistakable gong you hear in his entrance, you know, of course, the arms on the hair on your arm stands up. You get those chills running down your spine. There's no presence. Like the Undertaker, and he really does kind of—it's just the chills that it gives you. Like yeah,
0: I mean, and like, I mean, except for his run as the American Badass, everything else was scary.
1: That is part of the reason why I put him at number four, was because of that. And I understand you know reinventing yourself, reinventing your gimmick, all that other stuff. Like, but you go from the dead man to being a biker, but now you're a dead biker. Dead um, biker. I mean, that's. Probably part of Undertaker's career that I wasn't that wasn't the greatest. Like I think he was at his peak as far as scary factor during the ministry.
0: Correct. Which one I was gonna say. No, oh
1: yeah. But um Yeah, definitely the American badass Undertaker wasn't one of my favorites. But um But now we get into number three. The Undertaker's brother, Kane. So it's a little bit more vicious. And would pretty much do anything that was necessary to scare the shit out of the wrestling world. Which included setting Jim Ross on fire and electrocuting Shane McMahon's balls. Oh yeah. Um, which literally, he took a car battery and connected it to Shane McMahon's ball sack and, and electrocuted him. <laughs> yeah, that happened. It happened. It yeah. was uh, quite the sight. So, <laughs> um, Number two, another one of my favorite wrestlers, Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, one of the most calculating and vicious competitors in the ring, um, especially after turning heel, most notably, which scared the shit out of me because I'm afraid of snakes. Um, like most is, people, is when he gave Savage and Elizabeth a cobra as one of their wedding gifts. Just the fact, just as soon as they open that box, I remember box that up,
0: whole like segment too, where like the snakes just like crawling and. They're both like terrified and fears. They're trying to like get away from the Cobra. Well, it was, it
1: was like they opened the box. Yeah. Like, and the Cobra just popped out. Yeah, I remember I that. Like, Holy yeah. shit. I mean, that scared the shit out of me. I was I'm like sure. seven at that time. It's crazy. Um, and of course, number one is the Fiend, who is probably, you know, is the sinister alter ego of Bray Wyatt. Um, literally inflicts fear and panic. Just with a stare, with that mask, those contacts, uh, he's really quickly become the scariest superstar on the WWE roster today. Like, that fucking lantern with
0: his fucking. Oh,
1: that's. that's so awesome. It's so, so creepy. So creepy and eerie, like, and like everything like that you would picture like a psychotic horror movie killing machine monster like you see in the fiend. And the fact that he uses a move like the mandible claw as a finisher now Which is, is great. even great. better too. Oh yeah. So that that breaks out the conclusion of the top twenty scariest wrestlers of all time. Now let's jump into the Q and A. So the MVP didn't let us down this week.
0: He didn't let us down. We called him out last week. And uh, he he came out with some questions this week, and we got answers for you, buddy. All
1: right, so hit him with that first question.
0: Yeah, uh, first question from the MVP is favorite Shelton Benjamin match. There's a lot
1: of those. Shelton is a very underrated, underutilized talent. Um, He's had some phenomenal matches. Um, You know, he is a former tag team champion, a former intercontinental champion. but honestly, the standout match for me, for Shelton Benjamin, um, was during one of the first drafts. Or not the first draft. What was it the first draft? I think it was the first draft. You got when they split up um him and Charlie Haas as the world's greatest tag team, he got moved to Raw. The first match on Raw from his, you know, jump from SmackDown to Raw was against um was it Triple H? I think it was Triple H. So then he had
0: a really good match with Triple H. I know he had a really good match with, with Michaels,
1: Michaels also. Yeah, but um, I'd probably say that match with Triple H where he almost beat Triple H, like yep. he really came really close to hitting, to beating Triple H. So I think that's, honestly, that's probably one of my my favorite Shelton Benjamin matches. You know, that's pre Gold standard, pre Shelton's mama, like all that stupid shit they made him do. Oh yeah, um, which,
0: yeah, no, yeah. no, we, we don't want none of that. Um, mine. Uh, actually had to look through some matches won't lie I did a little bit on it Um, mine is gonna be uh, when he faced uh, Jericho at taboo Tuesday 2004 Um, basically uh, Jericho was supposed to have an opponent I don't remember exactly who it was but whoever it was got injured so they did like a fans pick whoever they want as the his opponent, and it ended up being with a big margin. Shelton Benjamin, um, the two of them put on a really good match, and uh, one of Benjamin's uh, first singles titles that he's had. So it was definitely a really good match. so definitely what I would pick is mine. Um, I love I've probably one of the bigger Shelton Benjamin fans than a lot of other people, and I love Jericho. So anything Jericho and Shelton Benjamin is gonna make me happy. So awesome. Shelton's awesome Shelton's awesome.
1: So uh, next question from the MVP if you was a talent scout for WWE who would you poach from the NWA roster? That's um, it's kind of a tough question it is so um, I'm w- I'm a talent scout for WWE. who do I want from the NWA roster? Probably the top of everybody's list would be Nick Aldis. Correct. You know, that's that's one person I would take. Um, Eli Drake, definitely. Yep. James Thorne. Yep. And I that's I think that's pretty much for me so far out of what we've seen with the uh, the roster for NWA.
0: Yeah, correct. I mean, because the other thing is too is a lot of the guys that are on there for the most part have had stints in WV at some point, so like you can't really like as a scout bring someone back to you already had. Like we're talking about people who haven't been in WV that you would bring to there. And, well, I
1: you could say that, but you know they yeah. brought back Drew McIntyre and well, true, Cash, just Odo and true. You know, I'm Sheldon just looking Benjamin. at it is how
0: I would answer the question.
1: Just me. Yeah. Well, who would you snag? NWA um, roster.
0: That basically your list. I, I mean, there's really nobody I would. You, you don't want with. to take
1: Josephus? Nah, nah. No, you don't want Josephus. Jo- Josephus can
0: stay on NWA.
1: <laughs> but the Rock and Roll Express. You want to pick up the Rock and Roll Express? <laughs> I
0: don't know. They're on <laughs> AEW TV. Uh, might be a sin.
1: <laughs> you snag the Dawsons. Snag the, the Dawson's, Wild Cards. The Wild
0: Cards. <laughs>
1: Kingston homicide. Which, I don't know. Maybe ten years ago, I'd take homicide, but yeah, right like, now nah, he's looking like a fat new jack though. You know? <laughs> 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 so I mean, I don't know. But <laughs> like homicide used to be the shit. Now he's like overweight and like I don't know what he's doing now. But what else? What well, else? Ah, uh, trivia question. <laughs> Last week's question. Um. Who were the members of the American Males who wrestled together from 95 to 96 in WCW? If you knew the answer, and you guessed, Buff Bagwell and Scotty Riggs, tell them what they got to do. They got to give them that old Bear Horowitz pat on the back. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so this week's question.
0: Alright, this week's question is what superstar defeated The Rock in his last televised match on Raw?
1: This this is gonna be a difficult one. Very difficult. Very difficult. So unless you're a super fan of this wrestler like I am, oh yeah, so you would know. So, <laughs> so yeah, so. Superstar defeated The Rock in his last televised match on Raw. This was 15 years ago.
0: 15 years ago.
1: 15 years ago. The last time The Rock wrestled on Raw. And it was a hilarious feud to begin with. Correct. Right. <laughs> so that is it. Um, you got anything else? No. No. Talked about all I can. Alright. Well that's going to wrap up episode 16 of the Russell Wrestlegeddon podcast. Thank you all for listening in, and remember follow us on Instagram at Um Got any questions? Um, if you know the answer to this week's trivia question, go ahead and email that to askRussellGetten at gmail.com. Uh, put in the subject line "Episode 16 Trivia Question." And that's 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 all I've got. So rate us, review, share, pass the word along, tell people to listen all that fun stuff and I guess we'll catch y'all next week later later guys correction we will not listen be doing this next week Uh, we're taking a week off due to Halloween because we got some other shit going on so we'll be back in two weeks with episode 17 of the WrestleGetter podcast so for reals later later (laughs) fuck this shit